friends. This is the first solo episode of Passionate Pursuits. Welcome to the crazy with me. (laughs) Well, it's going to be interesting to say the least to get to record this for you guys. And um, I've been on a heck of a journey for multiple years now, and I'm really thrilled that I get to share this journey with you finally and let you in on what's been going on behind the scenes with me. So this specific leg of the journey really started about a year ago. And that was when I was kind of emerging from this period of um, contemplative solitude. Uh, The pandemic had really shifted me into a space where I was able to get super honest with myself, get really clear on um, who I am and what the heck I'm doing here and what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I share the beginning of that story in my collaborative book, Warrior Women, when I talk about my experience with heart failure. But where it went from there is now this incredible new chapter of the story. And in fact, I'm in a whole new book now. And um, I want to share with you guys what's been going on because I am a champion of activating potential which really like I'm client number zero I've done for myself. And it is a joy to get to do it for all of you to hold the space for you while you go inward and figure out what your potential is whispering to you and asking you to do with your life. So I'm also a huge proponent of vulnerability and transparency and authenticity and radical honesty And speaking our truth, capital T, truth, first to ourselves, first getting really comfortable with it and embodying it, and then eventually bringing it to the world. So this is like my final step in this journey. This is my final step in coming out. And I'm so thrilled that you all get to be here and witness it. So really what's been going on. Um, I have had a lot of reactions as I've been stepping out in this journey. Um, I've had mostly incredibly supportive, beautiful, heartwarming responses, but I've had a lot of questions as well. And if you know anything about me, you know that I'm a curious soul and I love questions So I, um, in the interest of being super honest and transparent, I'm going to answer some of those questions right here so that if you're wondering the same thing, or if you're maybe even in a similar spot, that you can get clear on what your answers to these questions might be. But I spent the last 17 years in a long-term hetero-presenting relationship with a beautiful human with whom I'm still friends and I'm so grateful for our connection. And it was, oh gosh, years in the making that I started feeling um, this discord within me, this part of me that was rubbing up against all the other parts of me that wanted to be seen, wanted to be held, was begging just to be heard and listened to and loved. And really 
the process that that started was one of transitioning out of the church that we were in. It was um, leaving the job that I had at the time. It was becoming a more compassionate, better parent to our children. And finally, now it was honoring the truth of who I am and my own sexuality. And I grew up in really conservative Christian communities. I started out as a child in a Catholic church, which was actually a beautiful experience. I loved the Catholic church. I really enjoyed the activities as a child, like getting to go to youth group and being the youngest member of the choir. And I was an altar server and I just loved the, oh gosh, the traditions and the rituals present in that church. I loved the way that they kept such beautiful sacred space around the um, liturgy. So it was a beautiful experience and I treasure it and I still, I still do. Um, But something that I learned growing up and something that really stuck with me was that God created man and woman and that we were meant for this, um, that, that marriage was a sacrament, a sacrament that existed between one man and one woman. And that was the way that it was. And that was the way that God created us. And if God created us that way, then that's the way we were meant to be. So I really ingrained that. Like I took my faith so seriously. I loved my faith, my spirituality and my experience of God has never been anything but the epicenter, the whole completeness of my life. Ever since I was a child, when people would ask me what I wanted to do when I grew up, I would say, well, I just want to do whatever God wants me to do. That was my answer. That's still my answer. And I'm thrilled to say that. But because of that, I really took it seriously when I was told something, especially that centered around my faith. So um, this is going to get really vulnerable. And I'm excited to go here with you. So buckle up. Um, When I was in grade school and was sort of experiencing the first pangs of um, attraction and um, just kind of stepping into that world of puberty and adolescence and all of the awkward, wonderful things that go with it. Um, I remember my first experience of my first kiss was actually really um, like gut-wrenching. Like it was uncomfortable. It was anxiety inducing. Um, You know, I was told that that you should have the butterflies, like the happy little butterfly feelings. And I sure did. I thought I was going to throw up. Those butterflies felt like nausea and anxiety and clenching and fear. Um, But because that was what I was taught, what I heard and what I internalized from that was that that anxiety, that, that feeling inside me, that was what love was supposed to feel like. So as I walked forward in my life, I searched after those feelings to signify when I was attracted to someone or when I wanted to kiss someone or when I was in love, that's what I thought it was supposed to feel like. I can tell you now hindsight, of course, is 2020, but my um, first experience of kissing a girl was really peaceful. 
was beautiful, was super warm. Um, it didn't have that butterfly feeling, which I thought it was supposed to have. So I just thought, oh, well, this feels really comfortable. This feels a lot like home. I think that this is not what love feels like. And now I can tell you, of course, that I had it all backwards because of the way that I had wired it in my brain and in my body. But then I thought I had it right and I just didn't question it. So I guess going back to one of the biggest questions that I got asked was, hey, you were in this long-term relationship with a man and you were married and you have four kids. Yeah. And I'm really, really grateful because I always wanted to be a mom. And I'm so grateful that I got to spend those years being a mom and having four beautiful children and co-parenting them with this other awesome human. And now I am so grateful that I listened to myself and that I know what my capital T truth is and that I am living it and embodying it and not just setting her somewhere in a dark corner, but asking her to come be a full participant in my life. So I came out, I came out to my husband, I came out to my children. I came out to my family and friends, and I'm slowly dripping it out to the rest of the world as it gets out. Um, but I don't feel any need to rush it or, um, be super in your face about it. Um, but I'm also really, really proud and really, really joyful and excited to live this next book in my life. So that is one of the things that has shaken up for me. And of course, as it comes along with that, um, my marriage has ended. We are separated. Um, we're doing it differently though. I, refused to go into this process with other people's scripts playing as to how this was supposed to go or how it had to go or what it needed to look like or how it was going to be full of animosity and fighting and negativity. I refused. I wanted something higher and better for both of us. I wanted to take our time and have conversations that were hard, but so necessary I wanted to be the most compassionate um, person that I could be. I didn't want to run someone else's program when it wasn't necessary or right for me. So we really kind of consciously uncoupled. Um, we did go to therapy and we talked to friends and family along the way, but we realized partway through this that like everyone has their own scripts. Everyone to some extent is going to want to tell you what you should do, what they would do, what you're doing wrong. Um, and we just decided that we can love our family and friends and our community and also just do this our own way. So we did, and it's been beautiful. And I, coming from a family um, of parents who divorced, 
I really wanted my children to feel super supported. I know that we're not going to get this 100% right. I know that we're not perfect. But the greatest I can hope for is to learn and grow and do better. And that is what I aimed for. And that is what I'm still aiming for. So we have given space um, for our children to feel their feelings and to know that they're normal and it's okay to have big feelings about this because it's a big change. It's a big transition. Um, and I think definitely going to therapy, like both of us individually going to therapy and having our support systems and our networks and our resources lined up has definitely helped because we both took time and space to process separately and together so that when we kind of opened this up to the children and and told them what was going on, that they would be fully supported because we'd already had the space to process for ourselves. Um, and again, it's an ongoing process. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I am saying that when you face something that's really big and difficult in your life, you get to be the one who writes the script for that. You don't have to go by some prescribed path of what it will look like. Um, so came out consciously uncoupled and um, I'm writing a whole new book now and it's really, really beautiful. And um, it's it's a story of growing every single day into the like highest and best version of myself. It's, it looks like experiencing the goodness of this incredible universe we live in, of the presence of God totally saturating every moment and every interaction and everything all the time. My relationship with God has never been deeper. It's never been more beautiful than it is now. And every single day it gets better. And it's incredible. There are no words, really. I'm, I'm a writer. I'm a poet. And a lot of the times I lack the right words to put around the way that I experience the world. I tell people that honestly... My life now is almost like a um, infinite psychedelic experience because it's really that deep. It's like seeing and feeling and witnessing creation at that depth, understanding that everything that exists exists in relationship, that I am not I without my relationship of I to other. And therefore, um, as strange as some of this might sound, that I and other are all part of one, that there is this one, um, oneness, this collective, this spirit, capital S, God, um, Eros, love, that is everything, that we live in a world that literally, this reality literally was created because 
love, this force of love, Eros, just burst outward because it had to express. It couldn't not express this force that was present. And therefore, every experience we have, every moment, every breath, every thought, every touch is part of this love that just burst forth. Like, gosh, it's incredibly beautiful. It's um, breathtaking to get to witness and be part of. Um, And that belief, that core belief that being loved by God has never left me, has always been with me. And um, it seems funny to me. I don't know if funny is the right word, but it seems um, curious to me to hear people say that, oh, you're on the wrong side of God now. Um, Like you've turned your back on the truth or you've, you've abandoned your faith. And um, I almost laugh a little bit because I've never felt more alive. I've never felt more inspired by God. I feel like the words that I speak now the actions that I take now are fully integrated and aligned with what God has for me. It feels like when I write, like the words aren't mine, like they're just divine inspiration that I get to be part of bringing to the world. It feels like when I sit with a coaching client and I get to hold space for them, which I've done in in many, many professions that I've had over the years in teaching in being a doula, even in customer service, I got the opportunity to be with people at huge moments in their lives, huge transitions. I worked at a florist. I got to be present with people as they were preparing to get married, as they were preparing to bury loved ones. I worked in a diaper service and a children's like baby boutique. I got to be present with parents as they were preparing to bring new life into the world. I have gotten the privilege of holding space for so many transitions. And I will tell you, when you get to be present for a soul entering this world or a soul exiting this world, they're one and the same. But the thickness of the presence of God in that space is undeniable. It is wordless. It is massive. It is consuming. And it is the most transformative space you'll ever occupy in your life. And I've gotten to be part of that. So all I can do is say to the people who have spewed hate in my direction or the people who have told me that um, I'm lost, I've never been more in love 
God is love. And I've never gotten to exist in such an integrated whole space of being in God's love than I do now. So changing tack just a little bit, this is part of my Authentic Relationships series that is coming out throughout the whole month of September. And I wanted to bring you, those of you who are going to be taking part in the Authentic Relationships course, thank you so much for your support. I deeply appreciate you. I send you so much love and gratitude, first of all, for taking this step and investing in yourself. Because as I said, we exist in relationship. We are made for relationship. And so what greater thing can we do than invest in making those relationships the most whole and beautiful expressions we can? But I wanted to give you some of the process that I followed to get myself to this space of wholeness in the hope that you too might be able to benefit from this process in this space as well. So the first step that I will walk you through in the Authentic Relationships course is hearing your truth. And I think honestly, that was the scariest step for me because for my entire life, I had gotten really used to um I don't know what the right word is for it, putting my truth into a dark corner or walking away from it or shushing it or ignoring it or boxing it up in a pretty little box and putting it on a shelf and never touching it. But the first thing we have to do if we want to make our relationships the most authentic and beautiful expressions we can is hear that courageous truth, right? The three tenets of the Authentic Relationships series are courageous truths, radical honesty, and revolutionary love. So courageous truth means remembering the truth of who you are, of what you want to bring into the world, of what desires really light you up. And I'm a word nerd. So I'm going to bring in this idea that remember, a member is a part of something, right? A member of a body, a member of a church, a member of a community. So to remember something simply means to put it back together. You're never lacking anything. Your truth has always been a part of you. It's just that in forgetting it or dismembering it, just took that piece off, but you never lost it. It was never gone. And now is the time to put it back, to make yourself whole again, to hear that courageous truth that your soul wants to speak to you. And I'll share tools for how to do this, but I'm sure you've heard it before and you'll hear it many more times from me that one of the best ways we can remember ourselves is through quiet, stillness, meditation. Meditation looks very different to a lot of different people. Meditation can be sitting on a cushion in a quiet space and just breathing, tuning into our breath and our bodies. 
Meditation can be guided. Meditation can be what happens when you go out in nature and you take a hike by yourself. No music, no talking, just being. There are lots of meditative activities that can get you into this space, but you have to start trying them to find the one that works for you. So hearing your truth, that's the first step. And then the second step is really assessing what are my blind spots? What are the patterns or cycles that I've been part of that are no longer serving me? And in this step, it really does help to bring someone else into this process with you, uh, a safe community member, maybe someone who wants to take this course or this step with you, because a blind spot is a blind spot because we're blind to it. We really need someone to reflect to us when we are up against a blind spot. And our cycles, it's really helpful to, I'm a verbal processor, so I love to have conversations where I dig into these things with other people. Um, like my really good friend, Jasek, put it on our podcast episode. If you go back um, last week to our podcast episode, um, they were talking about cycles and patterns and like the stalactites and the stalactites um, in a cave and how we we sort of cycle our way around and around and around and around and around and around until we reach a point we can look down and go oh my gosh I've been repeating this cycle this cycle doesn't serve me this is not healthy it's time for me to cut this off and moving forward where we're sort of circling up and seeing those cycles, those cycles are going to get brought back up. They're going to get repeated. They're lessons for us to learn because ultimately life is a classroom. We're here to learn. So we're going to see them come back and back and back and back and back until we really internalize and get it. Oh, this is an unhealthy cycle. I don't have to participate in it this way anymore. And for me, one of my biggest moments, one of my light bulb moments, one of my red flag unhealthy cycles was equating love with that super anxious, like awful butterfly, but really nausea feeling. Um, it was thinking that that meant I was attracted to someone. What really what was going on was my parasympathetic nervous system was saying, run, this is unsafe. This doesn't feel right. And I had wired my responses in such a way that I wasn't getting the message. So that was a cycle that I had to cut off. I had to go, oh my gosh, when my nervous system is dysregulated, that is not love attraction. Um, that is not what it feels like. What it actually feels like is safety, secure attachment, a space where I can feel seen fully and safe being seen fully, a space where I can slow down and breathe and rest peacefully. What love really feels like is being witnessed and being held and feeling a sense of peace. And I really had to challenge myself because I was like, well, that could almost come across as boring for me because I'm like this adrenaline junkie. 
Um, I'm this anxiety seeker. Like I almost run towards danger and change and disruption. Um, whoa. It's it's not boring, by the way. But I had to be really, really careful that I wasn't repeating the cycle and thinking that this dysregulation was what I wanted to feel. So finding blind spots, assessing our cycles, getting clear on how to not keep repeating them, but how to learn and move forward and grow from them. Um, then we come to this cool part of getting some clarity around our yes, no, and maybe. So you've heard people write lists about the relationships that they want in their lives. Now, listen, relationship doesn't just mean a romantic partner. Relationship means your community, your workplace, your friendships, your family, and yes, romantic partnerships. But relationship is any space where you are coexisting with another human. So what is it that you want out of those relationships? What are your emphatic yeses? What is it that you say, I must have this thing? This is essential to me wanting to be in relationship with another human. And I'll just share a little bit of, of what that looked like for me. For me, I realized that I, I want other people who see the world in a way that I do, who share with me their deep thoughts about how they experience things and who get really excited, as excited as I do about things that other people might think are kind of a little bit silly. Um, about witnessing things and seeing the connections and seeing God present everywhere, like the fingerprints of God are all over creation. I wanted that. That was on my yes list. That was like the top of my yes list. Um, your no list, your no list, mean, now be careful because the no list means if any one of these shows up, then I am immediately walking away. I refuse to be in relationship with this quality, this characteristic. So, I mean, let's be really obvious here. Like I refuse to be in any kind of working relationship with someone who is abusive, who is intentionally abusive. I will not put myself through that. If that were to come up, I would immediately walk away. There'd be nothing that could keep me in that relationship. That's a emphatic no. And then there's maybes. There's like, if you added these, it'd be like adding a cherry on top of ice cream. I would love it. It'd be great, but it doesn't have to be there. I'm still going to enjoy the ice cream cone, whether it's there or not. So that's your yes, no, and maybe. And I'm not going to walk you through all the steps here, but one of the final steps I want to share with you is becoming that which you seek. So we think a lot of the time of um, attracting people into our lives. We think of going out there and like hunting for what we really, really want. But what we don't think about and what's the harder part of this process is being 
the person, the version of myself who can receive that when it comes into my life. I feel like God, the universe, is not going to bring that which we're seeking into our lives until we're the version of ourselves who can receive it. So instead of being so outward focused, instead of being so intentionally focused on finding that thing, on attracting that relationship, what if we just get really, really, really focused on being the version of ourselves who, when that person sees us, they're going to know. It's going to be an emphatic yes for them. So that takes a lot of work. That makes it a lot harder than just going out and looking for that relationship or that person. That means that I've got to do some excavation here. I've got to do some renovation. I've got to be intentional about stepping towards the highest version of myself every single day of growing, of learning, of being curious, of being open, of being persistent. And that takes a lot of work. And that's something that not a lot of people are excited about or willing to do. So I think that's why so many of us are not daily experiencing these, um, oh my gosh, these connected, aligned, expansive um, relationships. Why we're not why we're not experiencing our dreams and our desires just falling into our laps because we also like as much as they're pursuing us, it's not about pursuing them. It's about becoming the version of us who's going to draw those things into our lives. Like for example, if someone's going to build a house on a plot of land that they've purchased even before they've purchased it. If someone wants to build a house, they need a plot of land. If someone wants to put that house on the land, they need to decide what kind of house they're building. They need to have the funds to build the house. They need to draw up the plans for the house. They need to dig, right? Make space for the house in the land. There's so much that has to happen before it can be the thing that they want. So why are we thinking, I'm going to have these incredible amplified relationships when we're not working on excavating the land, designing the plans, and creating the fertile soil so we can plant those things into ourselves? There's just so much that goes into becoming that which can receive So I hope this has been informational for you. I hope that you are prepared to or preparing to experience the transformation that is going to come from these aligned relationships, from this authenticity that you are bringing into your life. It's not easy. So many coaches, so many thought leaders So many influencers make it look and feel easy, make it look and feel very attractive and very sparkly. But the truth is that it's hard work. It's the hardest work you are going to do in your life. It's also the work you're here for. So if you are here 
if you chose to embody, if you chose to become human, if you chose to put on the clothing of reality, then you're here to learn and you're here to do the work and you are capable of it. And it is the greatest gift that you can give yourself and others to become the highest version of yourself, to experience fulfillment, to get to share love. This universe was birthed because love. And so becoming the version of you that can fully love, that is fully transparently honest, that is ready and willing to give and receive love completely. Becoming that version of you is the greatest work that you can do in your life. It's going to transform every area in which you experience this reality. And I'm so, so excited for you. And I just want to say congratulations, well done in taking steps toward that. I can't wait to see the amplification. I cannot wait to be part of activating the potential that already resides within you. So until next time, peace, love, and light friends. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now. This show is completely ad-free, so if you gain value from listening, please leave a review and share with a friend. I am so grateful for you. Thank you.